0: welcome back to another week on the catholic toolbox the art of practical catholicism i'm your host and founder george manasseh here as we equip you with practical tools to live your faith in our modern world of today and this week we have deacon harold back here live on the catholic toolbox welcome aboard deacon
1: yeah thank you great to be with you uh, in the new year now
0: so exactly. is, it's wonderful to be back yeah it's so great last time we had you here in sydney you know we already miss you you already <laughs> uh we had you when was well it? i'll i'll be back later this year so excellent excellent when are you planning to come down was it october or uh, july <clears throat> excellent july oh, july I we think yeah that's yeah. A so famous.
1: we're planning a a, a tour with sonia corbett you know we, we sonia and i uh, co-wrote a book together called ignite read the bible like never before so mm-hmm. it's going to be kind of like a, a biblical uh, book tour, you know, kind of help people dive deeper into the scriptures. And uh, I think New Zealand is going to be part of that tour as well. So Excellent. very excited to be there. There
0: seems to be something going on in New Zealand as well. That, you know, when people are coming to Australia, they're flying over to New Zealand, which is great. That's just absolutely. Yeah,
1: Evangelion, that that group that uh, Charbel and Perussia have been working with. Uh, and I've done a couple of podcasts for them. Fantastic group. You know, it's just uh, three lay people that just decided to stop, you know, thinking about doing something, actually doing it kind of like what you did, George. Yeah. You know, uh, 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 and so they, they've done the same thing there and they have a wonderful podcast that they're doing now that things have opened up, you know, uh, post pandemic. They're, they're doing live events again. So, you know, uh, so I'm really excited to go there and support. Them. I think Tim uh, Staples, when when we were both in Australia last year, he went down. Uh, to uh, um, to New Zealand, Zealand. And, and, and yeah, and did some uh speaking engagements as part as part of that group as well. So very exciting.
0: I mean, it it is very exciting, and I'm also excited for your book on racism. When's that coming out? Mm-hmm. In the fall. So I don't have an exact uh publication date yet, but
1: it, it's it's in production. I, I can I can say that much. The book is in production. Um, so as soon as I get a galley copy back uh, there's, there's one, you know, just kind of go through one more yeah. set of, uh, revisions or, or modifications. And, um, also be it'll, at that time, it'll get sent for imprimatur. It'll it'll also go out for reviews, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, right. that'll go on the cover of the book and inside and, uh, and then that will take a while. And then in the fall, uh, maybe next time I'm on, um, I'll have, a, an exact publication date, but we sometimes, well, our fall, your your spring,
0: yeah. <laughs> exactly. No, it's exciting, Deacon. How it's there's a lot going on this year, and I'm excited for this year. I think this is this is now the week that I'm really planning the Catholic toolbox and um, new publication coming out later this year uh, to be announced. But there's there's a lot of great things this year. Um, you know, I'm pumped for this year. So, but we can't fuel this year without the help of the saints, without the help of so many people. Uh, who've gone before us, people around us. The church is present in three places. In heaven, the church triumphant, the church waiting in purgatory, and the church militant on earth. So Deacon, let's get straight to the topic. Intercessory prayer. It's an interesting one.
1: Yeah, so intercessory prayer really uh, is, is simply praying on behalf of others, right? That's really what intercessory prayer is. And the catechism uh, teaches that intercession is a prayer of petition um, that leads us really to pray as Jesus did. You know, uh, he is the, the one intercessor with the father uh, on behalf of all of us, right? Uh, St. Paul even says that there's only one intercession between God and man is the man, Jesus Christ. Uh, but he's particularly the intercessor for us as sinners. You know, um, the catechism says uh, that he is able for all time to save those who draw near to God through him since he is all he says he always lives to make intercession for them right and, and and Jesus Christ tells himself the Holy Spirit himself intercedes for us and the Holy Spirit also intercedes for all the saints according to the will of God you know so as you mentioned we have um the, the church exists in three different places and we have uh our prayers that that that's what connects us like the nexus that joins all of us together uh, is is prayer praying for each other and for for our needs um you know praying on behalf of others you know is is really that one incredible gift that we have that really connects us deeply and intimately to christ and that leads us more deeply into the heart of the father
0: i mean that's that's amazing so our lord is an intercessor by the very nature that he is the high priest who unites God and man because he became flesh, and because as a priest he offered sacrifice. His he offered sacrifice, and he was the sacrifice. So he's an intercessor for our redemption. Now, let's talk about the uh, Mary, the saints, the whole hierarchy, and the angels. Their sort of intercession and distinct uh, create a distinction between our Lord and the other people because uh, the protestants all the time and i've worked with different protestants uh, protestant brothers and sisters they always complain why do we pray to saints why can't we just go straight to jesus what's the point can't jesus hear us why do we need to go through chinese whispers but um but yeah um, let's let's talk a little bit about that
1: yeah sure so when we when we're talking about intercessory prayer. Uh, that doesn't mean that we we're taking the place of Jesus. Okay. And, and the verses that our brothers and from the sisters will often use is first uh, Timothy two, five, for example, right. Was, that's the one I mentioned earlier for there is uh, one God and there is one mediator between God and man. Yeah. That is the man, Jesus Christ, right. That's the verse they'll always use. Or uh, they'll even use um John fourteen six, where Jesus Christ says, I am the way. The truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me, right? So you put those both things together. So, well, what's the even? What's the purpose of intercessory prayer? What's the point? We just have to go straight to Jesus. So, but the thing is that we we pray for our sick relatives and friends all the time. So, for example, say uh, George that one of my children were, were sick. And I said, George, you know, will you, will you please pray for my daughter? Would you come back and say to me, well, no, I'm not going to pray for your daughter, Deacon. Why should I do that? There's only one intercessor between God and man. That's the man Jesus Christ. Just pray straight to God, which I'm already doing, right? (laughs) But but, uh, so, so, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't say that, right? I mean, you wouldn't say, oh, I'm not going to pray for your daughter. Just pray to Jesus, you know, uh, but we ask each other for our prayers. Why? We're all part of the body of Christ. You know, uh, we're all brothers and sisters of Christ by adoption because of what Jesus did for us on the cross is the blood of the lamb that covers us, that brings us all together uh, as the family, uh, you know, as his body. He's the head and we're the members, as St. Paul also beautifully says. And so because that's the case and because the church is alive, Jesus says, I'm not the God of the dead. I'm the God of the living. You know, then we we live to pray for and with each other. Right. I mean, if someone we're, we're coming into faith in Jesus Christ. Say they're coming from Islam and they're coming from atheism. Wouldn't you pray for that person? Of course you would. Of course you would. You know? So, so all we're saying is, is we're, we're praying for people. We're not praying to them. Like we're praying to Jesus, like with the blessed Virgin Mary, she's an intercessor, just like, for example, at the wedding feast of Cana, right? Uh, they ran out of wine. She goes to her son and he says, they have no wine. Jesus it almost sounds disrespectful. What is this between you and me? You know, in other words, what does this have to do with us? You know I, 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 it's not ready for not time for me to reveal myself to the world, to begin my public ministry. but he did it. He did the miracle because his mother asked him. so she so she interceded for the 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 uh, the bride and the groom at the wedding party so they wouldn't have to be embarrassed. and Jesus shows us the depth of his love by changing the water into wine, which, of course, is a precursor, um, you know, of the wine becoming his his precious blood at, at the Last Supper, which we consume at the holy sacrifice of the Mass. Um, and we see many other places of intercession as well. For example, in Genesis chapter 18, right, um, somewhere around verses 21 or so, uh, that's the famous one where um, uh, Abram uh, is uh, asked the Lord to intercede. Right, uh, so he says, you know the Lord plans on destroying Sodom and Gomorrah, and um uh Moses, I mean, now Abraham says, well, uh look, he goes, uh if there's like you know fifty people there that are religious and living rightly, would you spare the town? Okay, yes, if there's fifty people there, I'll spare it. uh, Lord, okay, um, how about I say there's like uh twenty people there you know would you spare it if there's only twenty? okay, yep, okay, I'll, I'll spare it if there's twenty. Uh okay please don't don't get too angry Lord but but say there's only like you know fifteen people there so like whatever the numbers are right so 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 God relents of his punishment he changes his plans because of the intercession of of good and holy people and and that's that's what we're doing we're praying we're not praying to them we're praying through them to Jesus uh just like you would you would pray for for my daughter if she were
0: sick that's all we're doing. It's actually a wonderful thing. My own thoughts about when when I've been asked about why why do we pray for each other? You can just go straight to our Lord. Our Lord hears it. Could it be that our Lord allows us uh, allows intercession because not that He won't hear our intercession, sorry, hear our petition or prayer, but that if I need something that I am asking you to pray for, and I'm praying for, and several people in the community are praying for, does that not help them with their relationship with our Lord and that connection? That it sort of helps everybody to to um, to grow in their relationship with our Lord by praying on behalf of somebody else and into growing. Com- so our Lord allows that so that people can grow in their communion with God, but communion with each other. Is that the point? of uh of of us being of our lord allowing intercessory prayer where we can pray for each other is so that the communion between everybody grows that fraternal it's more for the fraternal aspect of uh the members of the body of christ and so that when those members yes i'm praying for deacon harold or i'm praying for somebody else they grow and commune with each other but then hey i'm speaking to our lord where we're we are pushed again to talk to our lord for somebody else so we're going to commune with god it's a it's a tool that god allows us uh, um, allows us to use for us to grow a relationship with god and to grow in fraternal communion with each other would, would you say that's a good description of what of why intercessory pre exists rather than just saying the efficient way is just go straight to god which we already do but we add on top of that so those are my thoughts. I don't know what you you might want to add to that, or you have something. No, great. I
1: think, I think that's a, a really uh, insightful um, way of looking at it. For absolutely, um, you know, intercessory prayer is the prayer of disciples, right? And we're all disciples of Christ. What is a disciple? Someone, someone who hears, accepts, and puts into practice in their life every day the teachings of Jesus Christ and and the Catholic faith. That's a disciple. So a disciple always desires to know God more deeply, more intimately, more personally. So their relationship takes us outside of ourselves and makes us a conduit of God's grace, right? With with our our fellow Christians, with our fellow believers. Um, So in a sense, we become vehicles of god's mercy in the lives of others you know and i'll give you a beautiful example of what you of what you just said george um you know uh, people some people may have heard me talk about my relationship with my dad but one of the things that really shocked me quite frankly was after um i reconciled with my dad when he came out to oregon and visited us for the first time met, met my wife and kids for the first time uh my after he had left my mom uh, wanted to talk to me so i went into her room she was living with us at the time and she said uh remember when you left uh our home to drive out here this does like 20 years ago <laughs> right but uh and you know what, what what i asked you to do now she asked me to pray for my father and i told her no because I was, I was very upset with my father, and, and uh, I did not speak to him for about 18 years. And so my mother told me, starting on that day, the day that I left, the day she asked me to pray for my father, that she began praying a rosary, an intercessory rosary. So praying the rosary um, for, uh, um, uh, uh, for my father with the sole intention of reconciling with him before she died. So I said, wait, wait, wait a minute. Hold on. You started praying a rosary of pop. What happened? I mean, that was 20 years. I said, what happened after year five, after year 10, after year 20, I mean, every day praying a rosary of intercession, She she had so much faith that if she united her prayer to the, to the prayers of the angels and the saints and the sacrifice of Christ, that that she, that they would reconcile because they were divorced. You know, they didn't have honestly that great of a marriage. My father was not a nice person, um, but you know, they actually did reconcile. She, they, in fact, they reconciled three months before she died. Um, and it was it was a beautiful thing to hear that witness from my own mother of the power of intercessory prayer, and it was through that prayer that I honestly believe helped bring my father into faith in jesus christ at 74 years old 74 you know um it's just it's just incredible what god did again so my mother was a vehicle of god's divine mercy in the life of my father um and and that's really what you said george the heart of intercessory prayer is the confidence that we have that god can do absolutely amazing things when we trust him and call out to him on behalf of others Right. It's 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 when we give ourselves away in love is when we truly find ourselves in God. Right. And and, and the scriptures tell us over and over again. We saw this um, uh, also in the book of Esther, you know, where she where um, King Ahasuerus and Hamam are, are, are trying to destroy the Israelites. And she uh, takes off her royal clothes and puts on sackcloth and dirt. And she and she prays intercession. Uh, for god for the people of israel right for the people of israel um and and so we see this over and over again in the scriptures that concrete situations can be changed um and and new ways of thinking and living can be discovered through the prayers of others
0: i mean further thoughts that i have is god wants to see us praying for each other so that we can love each other right he wants to hear our prayers, you know, somebody praying for the other, so that th- there is that fraternity between be, between each other. It's not that God needs, it's you know that we we would reply to the Protestants and say it's not that. Yeah, of course, God won't hear our prayer, but but it, it, he wants us to grow in commune with each other, and 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 surely he does. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's absolutely profound when you think about it the way we can help...
1: Well, and that's why we have intercessions at Mass, right? I mean, wh- 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 why don't we get up there and say, um, you know, uh, you know, after, you know, uh, during the time of intercessions, well, here's all these people, uh, you know, we're not going to pray for them, we're just going to let tell them just to pray to God directly. They, you know, all the people who are dying uh, because of war, because of famine, you know, uh, because of natural disaster, uh, those who are in prison, those who are in hospitals, those who are in uh, uh assisted living communities you know we're not going to pray for them we're just going to say you know what why don't you just pray to jesus yourself come on <laughs> no nobody nobody would do that um we 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 pray for all those people even people we don't know in fact jesus says pray for your your enemies right love them and pray for them and and, and you and we're all supposed to forgive from the heart so that's where that intercessory prayer comes from. It's about building communion and community.
0: It's about okay. building intimacy with the Lord. Here's yeah. another thought that I have: Could prayer be so? Why our Lord wants us to pray for uh, our enemies is because it's like we're offering a sacrifice. It's like we're making a little sacrifice to pray for somebody. You know, you know how sometimes you know you, you pray for someone, but you really don't like this person. You'd rather not waste a prayer on this person. Do you get that sometimes, where Deacon, where you ch- somebody comes to mind, you know you should pray for them, and you're like, oh, is it worth praying for this person? Yeah. It's not worth my time. It's like you're giving something. It's like you're offering a sacrifice or you're putting money uh, or, or something of value for that person. So but by praying for your enemies or our friends, or everybody else, we actually loving other people because we're great in community with each other we're doing things something for somebody else for the benefit of somebody else asking god to hear a prayer on behalf of somebody else maybe because somebody doesn't know any better let's say in the case of your father at the time so your um it really shows that god's personal it really shows god's personal nature that if someone can speak to god on behalf of somebody else why okay, here's a question. Why wouldn't God say, Oh, well, let them speak to me
1: directly? Yeah, because some people may not know Jesus, right? I mean exactly. they're not living in communion with Christ. And so we have to be that conduit, just like Jesus was the conduit on the cross, right? I mean, because because of original sin, death came into the world, and death which is Mavet in Hebrew, or thanatos in Greek. it's it's the word for example in first john chapter five where it talks about mortal or deadly sin it's the same word in the septuagint in the greek for um for death uh you know cut yourself off from god's life so jesus interceded for us on the cross right he broke himself open and poured himself out in love that blood flowed from the cross uh you know for the forgiveness of our sins because again the book of Leviticus chapter 17 says blood makes atonement by reason of the life, right? So Jesus says we have to pick up our cross and follow him. So we have to imitate Christ, not to immolate ourselves in sacrifice on a cross, but immolate our pride, to immolate our hearts, as you so beautifully said, George. You know, so, so we offer the sacrifice. The sacrifice the gift of our of our lives because in fact it's one of the responses to our baptismal call to holiness right we're we're priests prophet and king and what's the main job of a priest to offer sacrifice so our entire lives are to be a sacrifice um you know we're not supposed to think solely of ourselves we're supposed to to make a gift of ourselves to others and intercessory prayer is one of the ways that we can do that especially for people who don't know Jesus exactly so they can't pray. They don't. They don't know Jesus. They don't know what it's like to be in relationship with Him. So they can't pray. So we pray on behalf of those
0: who can't pray for themselves. Exactly. Now this is this is people praying for each other on Earth. I think this is the common ground with our Protestant brothers and sisters that we they, they all pray for each other here on Earth. People people intercede for each other um, on this Earth. But now let's talk about once you die, somebody is passed away. Uh, they were fellow um, relative or good believer. Now, let's talk about those that we know they're in heaven, and we believe in purgatory, and we're the ones stuck here on earth, fighting every single day as the church militant to get to heaven to save our soul. Uh, we have those in the waiting room in purgatory uh, <laughs> uh, at the service station trying to clean their soul out to get into heaven and then you have those in heaven that are triumphant uh, uh, and are able to pray for us. Um so let's let's approach it from this angle how can those who are dead pray for us who are living? How can they? Ah. Live? What's the big question?
1: See see here here's the thing, here's the thing. They're not dead. <laughs> right? i mean i mean no, no seriously i mean think about this for a second isn't our entire goal of our pilgrimage on earth because we're this is not our home right we go on pilgrimage to the holy land or to Lore's or to fatima or to one of the uh, um, poland or one of the other amazing holy sites around the world what do you do after you go to pilgrimage you go home right this journey on earth our entire life here is pilgrimage. This is not our home. Our home is in heaven. Isn't that the whole? So is our whole goal to live our entire life so we could be dead? No. Jesus says, I'm not the God of the dead. I'm the God of the living. Jesus rose from the dead. He conquered death. Our whole goal is to be a typical vision, to live face-to-face with God forever in heaven. In fact, we'll be more alive than we've ever been when we're living face-to-face with god forever that's the the goal of our entire life so of course we're not dead we're more alive than ever why because we're living face to face with god so why wouldn't we ask those who are living before god right now in heaven to to pray for us why wouldn't we they're more alive than we are exactly where they are is we we all hope to be one day you know so so why wouldn't we now the, the souls of purgatory now those are folks as you said you know they're they're getting the kind of the cleanup before they go to heaven, because Book of Revelation is very clear: nothing unclean can enter heaven, not even the desire to sin. So that's what's purged, right? So that those last vestiges of concupiscence, of holding on to those things, of selfishness, of pride, of all those things that need to be purged after the forgiveness of sins through the sacrament of reconciliation or through the sacrament of anointing the sick. There's even after the 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 mortal sin is forgiven there's still the concupiscence the desire to choose things which are not of god those are the things that are purged now those people in purgatory cannot pray for themselves so they rely on the prayers of others uh and that's why for example during november all souls day on november 2nd we pray for all of those souls who are in purgatory all those who have died that they eventually will live with god forever so we can be with them in that family in that community, in heaven. So absolutely, we we, we pray and unite our prayers um, with, the, again, through the, the, the cross of Christ for our deceased brothers and sisters who are in purgatory.
0: I mean, it makes logical sense. Surely if we're alive uh, to the Protestant mind, we're alive here on earth. We have a living relationship with Jesus. Uh, we're living um, a life of grace. We can pray for each other while we're alive. But if we die and we're so-called saved and we're in heaven, we're right with Jesus, and surely they're they're no longer bound by space, time, uh, and the law, the physical laws of the universe. Then they can also more more so hear our prayer and actually oh, talk to
1: Jesus.
0: I mean, it just I mean the, the pattern is it makes a lot of sense. Uh, but what scriptural evidence do we have for intercessory prayer? Uh, possibly from the book of Revelations.
1: Yeah, so I, I mentioned some already. Um, uh, we have uh, uh, ex, uh, the book of Genesis chapter eighteen, you know, where we have uh, again Abraham praying on behalf of the the people of Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, we also have um, the book of Esther chapter fourteen. You know, where, again, uh, Haman, who's the kind of the right hand man for King Ahasuerus, is um, wants to destroy the Israelites because they they won't bow down to a, a graven image. Uh, and, and so she intercedes on behalf of the people. Uh, we also talked about the, the Blessed Mother, you know, uh, interceding at the wedding feast of Cana. Uh, in fact, a very interesting one that I think a lot of people would probably miss this one. Is actually from Luke chapter 5. Um, this is when they the, para, the the men bring the paralytic on the stretcher to Jesus. And they have to lower him through the roof because they can't get him through the front door. And they said, wait a minute, how is that intercessory prayer? Now, I remember when they lowered him down, Jesus says, you know, um, when he saw the faith of the, the people that brought the man to the, to Jesus, Jesus said, your sins are forgiven. See, so the sin was forgiven because of the faith of the friends. I mean, they they couldn't get this man to Jesus. So they cut a hole in the roof. Imagine that, that scene. They like climb up on this other person's roof, the house that they, I mean, you can get sued for that today, right? (laughs) They cut a hole and they lower this guy down. And Jesus says, your sins are forgiven. Now the scribes and the Pharisees well, who is this who blasphemes? Only God can forgive sins. You know, and what does Jesus say? He says, um, you know, uh, to show you that the son of man has authority to forgive sins on earth. I, he, I say to the paralyzed man, get up and walk. Right. And when we see that Jesus gives this authority to forgive sins in John chapter 20 to the apostles as well. Why? Because Jesus still wants to touch us with his own hands. He still wants to love us with his own heart. And so he gave us the gift of the priesthood. He breathed the Holy Spirit on them and said, uh, receive the Holy Spirit whose sins you forgive are forgiven, whose sins you retained are retained. retained. He gives them specific and direct authority to forgive sins in his name in the power of the Holy Spirit to intercede for us. Because why? Jesus is now at the right hand of the Father, but he still wants to have that, that beautiful, personal, intimate relationship with us and so he gave us the priest to act ministerially, but we also have the gift of each other in and all, in all of our prayers uh, as well. Um, it's also uh, in Maccabees, right? When, uh, when, when they're uh, going around to the bodies of their fallen comrades, they noticed that each of them had a little uh, like a rabbit's foot, like a lucky charm inside their clothes. And they said, ah, see, now we know why they, these men were killed instead of trusting god they trusted in this little trinket this little you know lucky charm and so what did they do they took up a collection and they brought it to the temple and they and to to ask for prayers on behalf of all of those who had died and they said it was a, a very good and righteous thing that they did praying on behalf of those who died so there's plenty of scriptural evidence for intercessory prayer
0: I mean, what comes to mind is Revelation chapter 5, verse 8. I mean, that that really hits uh, the nail on the head. And in cha- verse 8, they, and I quote, And when they had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. Interesting. It's very, very... Yeah. It's very, very interesting. It really is. I mean, it, it, the prayers, and, and this was up in heaven, that they're offering prayers on behalf, of which are the, which are the prayers of God's people. So, yeah, that's right. These are. This is not Jesus receiving the prayers. This is the twenty-four elders fell down, each one with a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense. So it's as if they were receiving the prayers and transmitting it directly to our Lord, who is the mediator between God and man. I, th- I think we really hit the the nail on the head w- there with, um, with this verse and with everything else we've spoken about for intercessory prayer. Right. Us and oh,
1: absolutely. Together. Even in Psalm 1- 106. 106 is a very long Psalm, by the way. <laughs> it's it's, it's uh, huge. But, but in there, it talks about, uh, it's kind of recalling salvation history you know, and what God did in Egypt, you know, uh, with, with the with the uh, uh, with the Egyptians, the Israelites, and it says in there, in verse twenty-one, uh, you know, it talks about how the people rebelled against God. And we saw it as soon as they crossed the, the 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 Red Sea into the Promised Land. They said, "Well, oh, oh, we're so hungry now. Oh, I wish we were back in in Egypt again because we had pomegranates and we had figs and we had all these things." And wait a minute, you were slaves you know you're complaining and what and God gave the man in the desert and all of that but but it says they forgot the God who was their savior who had done such great things in Egypt such portents in the land of Ham such marvels at the Red Sea for this he said he would destroy them but Moses the man he had chosen stood in the breach before him to turn back his anger from destruction right so again we see Moses interceding on behalf of the people who were rebelling against God. And God wanted to destroy them. But Moses intervened, and God relented because of the intercession of Moses. We also see this with Phineas. Um, and and um, when they bowed down before the Baal of Peor, they, they, uh, they roused God's anger. But then it says, then Phineas stood up and intervened. Thus the plague was ended, and this was counted in his favor from age to age forever. Yeah. Right? Uh, acts of the apostles chapter eight when the apostles at jerusalem heard that samaria had received the word of god they sent peter and john who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the holy spirit for it had not fallen on any of them but they had only been baptized in the name of the lord jesus so they put their hands on them and they received the holy spirit so the people didn't pray directly oh holy spirit come upon us right Mm -hmm. uh peter and john laid hands on them interceded and then they receive the Holy Spirit.
0: Excellent. I mean, the evidence is clear. The evidence, the evidence is very, very clear. And it's it it's just he he's a question for those in purgatory, uh, or you as you say in the states, purgatory. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you understand Aussie. <laughs> The Aussie, yeah, yeah. I'm, you're a, you're an honorary Aussie now because you come here a lot. So yes, you're yes. almost at a you're almost at a um a quasi domicile of Australia. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone knows who, what that is, I'll leave it up uh, I'll leave it as a secret. You can look it up. Quasi domicile and domicile. That's the secret uh, Catholic toolbox uh, 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 little knowledge piece for you to look up. But in purgatory. Can they pray for? Can those in purgatory pray for us, or should we be asking those in purgatory to pray for us? Is it appropriate? Yeah. Or is it that we don't yeah, know who's so, in purgatory? Right.
1: Right. Right. See th- those those souls in purgatory can't can't pray for themselves. So so for example, right now um if if I was going through something really difficult, I could ask god you know i could, i could, i i would i would definitely ask god to to you know um to to help me you know to sh- just give me some direction give me some clarity things like that and I would also ask other people to pray for me right and and saint paul even says in um first thessalonians um in fact the first chapter of uh thessalonians he goes we give thanks to God always for you For you all constantly mentioning you in our prayers right so while we're here on earth we can pray for we don't need to pray for those in heaven because they're already there Mm -hmm. so the ones that we pray for are those our brothers and sisters here on earth and for those souls in purgatory because the souls in purgatory can't pray for themselves so so at that point they're 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 um waiting to be purged so they can live with god forever in heaven so um so we pray for them and we make sacrifices for those souls because they can't do that for themselves mm-hmm. once they're once they're in purgatory. And then, of course, they won't need to once they're in heaven, you know, but but sure. I mean, um, we, I would like to think that my parents are are in heaven. Right. But yeah, I, I don't know for sure, because, you know, as, as Father Mitch Packer used to tell us in class, you know, that's management decision. We're in sales you know, so, uh, <laughs> that's a, gr- that's so, a but, great, uh, um, analogy. <laughs> yeah. But, but I pray, I pray every, I mean, literally every single day for my parents, you know, um, they could be in heaven. They could not be in heaven, but I, but I pray for them, uh, every single day I miss them. You know, I, I, I love them. Um, and, uh, you know, and and so whether in purgatory or not, I I you know I I don't know. I mean, I won't know till till I'm there myself. You know, uh. So, but I do pray for them every day because because they are in purgatory, I know they can't pray for themselves. I offer even sacrifice. I fast every single Friday on behalf of my family and and for my family to have died and gone be, and gone before me. Mm-hmm. You know, so so those little sacrifices I think make a difference because it's part of that treasury. The catechism calls it the treasury of merit. um, so all the prayers are part of the treasury, uh, which was populated by Christ's uh, death on the cross. Yeah. You know, all the graces that flow from the cross fill that treasure of merit. And we can, we, add, we can add to that yeah. treasury with our prayers. So the right. sacrifice that we make can, can be added to the prayers of those
0: who have died. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. I mean, you're praying for your family and uh, we'll definitely keep them in our, my prayers. But let's think about the theological debate between uh we, within the church i mean this is an area that hasn't been dogmatically defined by the magisterium by the church so there's free free air to to debate this uh, between the theologians and that is can the souls in purgatory pray for us on earth
1: yeah so we we know that um we can pray for those souls in purgatory Whether they can pray for us is a, is a matter of theological debate right now, you know, and, and there have been wonderful saints that are on both sides of the issue, you know. So for example, St. Thomas Aquinas argued, no, that the souls of purgatory cannot pray for us, um, while St. Alphonsus Liguori uh, said yes. <laughs> you know, so there's two great saints uh, that, that agree to disagree. But the general consensus um, seems to be that while the souls in purgatory are not normally aware of our prayers, um, it's still possible that um, that God reveals to them uh, our prayers and accepts our prayers on their behalf, right? That's why intercessory prayer is so important, uh, that God accepts our prayers for them on their behalf and acts upon those prayers, Um you know, uh, so th- that's that's kind of the common consensus there. And one thing I want to add, Father Chris Alar, who is the Superior General of the um, Marians of the Immaculate Conception, you know, that's the order that Father Donald Calloway belongs to, Father Gately. You know, I think everybody knows those guys. Um, you know, I was on pilgrimage with him in France last year, and and he had given a little talk on the bus while we were driving— um through the the countryside in France and he made a point that really struck me you know um he was talking about uh there was someone in his family that died um you know uh i think it was as his, his a grandparent or uh, or something like a committed suicide um a long 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 time ago i think he was still even a, a kid back then but then um he talked about all these years later he offered masses and prayed for that person. But the, but someone said, well, isn't it too late? Isn't it too late to pray for that person? Because, I mean, they died a long time ago. He said, well, no. Like As you mentioned, George, you've mentioned this yourself. God exists outside of space and time. So God knew back when that person died that sometime in the future, that Father, that, you know, the future Father Alar would be praying and offering masses of intercession and making sacrifice on behalf of that person so god could have you know admitted that person to heaven um or at, at least they were in purgatory um and and then through the prayer intercession of father alar that person was able to go to heaven i'm like wow what a really interesting way to think about that you know i never th- i never yeah. thought about it like that well, that's yeah. pretty awesome actually
0: exactly so th- this is what uh, my thought. And that just that just came to me. And that is, could prayer, I mean, a lot of things are clicking to me here and ways to to see it, but could prayer be God's team building activity, corporate team building activity for the church? <laughs> yeah, that, that
1: that's that's a good way to think about it.
0: Otherwise we yeah. become lazy because i oh, just pray to God. Yep. God. <laughs> pray directly. Yeah, yourself. And, and it's it's a team building activity.
1: And, and we need each other too. Yeah. I think that that's part of it too. I mean, we're, we're all part of a family. We're all in this together. You know, it, it's, and it, it's actually counter-cultural too because the culture worships the God of me, myself, and I, you know, I'm the center. I'm the, no, intercessory prayer says, no, I'm not the center. I am praying um on your behalf i love you enough to make this sacrifice for you because i want what's best for you and we know that god always wants what's best for you um and so because i love you and because I'm a follower of my father christ i want what's best for you i'm going to pray for you uh, on your behalf to christ you know and even if someone like you know uh, like i said all those years my mom prayed for my dad or or, or when you know, Um, you've been praying for someone for a long time, like spouses, you know, oh gosh, how many spouses have I talked to that are praying for the spouse who's away from the church or not even Catholic that they're married to, Um, you know, praying for them to come into the church, praying that God would touch them somehow, you know? um, So we, we, we see intercessory prayer working in all kinds of contexts
0: every single day. I mean, it's very interesting because prayer would just become simply if there was an intercessory prayer, it'd just be a me, myself, and I, always just praying for myself. What are you going to pray for? <laughs> it really dulls yeah. prayer, but that, 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 it's absolutely amazing. Now, let's get to the hard part. How do we actually do it? How do we become better at it? What are three practical yeah. things? To open the toolbox yes. and open the tools. Absolutely. How so, the first
1: that? thing is, yeah, so absolutely. The first thing to do is to, to identify, to really think about deeply and seriously what friends, what family members, what co-workers, what enemies, right, to pray for. So the first thing to do is to identify someone that needs prayer. Maybe it's a, a buddy of yours from, from uni you know, uh, who lost his way, who used to be really good friends. And then you found out that years later, this person was involved in something scandalous or, or, or maybe is in prison or, or is struggling with, with addiction, you know, and gosh, you know, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to pray for you or, you know, I'm, I'm going to offer my, my next rosary for this person. I'm going to give up my meal this day, you know, as, as an intercessor for for this person. I mean, so identify who those people are and make an intention, an intentional decision to pray for them. That's the very first thing to do. Identify who those people are. Again, it may even be someone who hurt you. It may be someone who's alive or maybe someone who's already deceased. Okay. Number two, commit to interceding for them, right? Psalm 37 verse 5, one of my favorite lines. It says, "Commit your life to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will act." Right? So make that commitment to pray for that person every day. What I do is for example, when I do my evening prayer, you know, so as as clerics in the church, we pray what's called the liturgy of the hours or the divine office every day. And during my uh, my vespers or evening prayer, Um, During the the part of the uh, uh, office, which is intercessions, I specifically name the people that I'm praying for. And and that list keeps getting longer and longer every year. I keep adding people to that list, both people who are alive and people who have died. Uh, So I started off all those who have asked for our prayers, all those who are praying for us, all those we have promised to pray for and all those have nobody to pray for them. For our Holy Father, Pope Francis. For Archbishop Sample, my Archbishop, and their intentions to repose of the soul of Craig Allen. he's He's my best friend. we've known each other since we were 10 years old, 10 years old. He died 18 years ago at 38 years old of cancer. you know so I pray for him and his family, his wife and his children who, who are struggling to live without him. Um, uh, you know I, I pray for parishioners who have died. I pray for priests who have died. I pray for the posters. So I pray for for um you know uh people who uh who have hurt me in the past, you know, I, I pray that they would come to loving faith in Jesus. So I have I literally I literally have a, an entire litany of people that I pray specifically by name for, you know. So so again, number one, identify who the people are. Number two, make an intentional commitment to pray for them every single day by name. And then third, bring them to Jesus. So if the person is still alive, bring them to mass. Bring them to adoration. You know, um pray with them. You know? Uh so uh, again, very simple but three I think very powerful things that we can do and what's the whole goal to bring people to deeper intimacy and love of Jesus Christ.
0: That's just absolutely amazing, Deacon. Absolutely amazing. What are your final words to our listeners here today to take action with this area? Well, I would just quote, you know, from
1: from the Psalms, um, you know, uh, Psalm 142, verse 2 to 4 says, With all my voice, I cry to the Lord. With all my voice, I entreat the Lord. I pour out my trouble before him. I tell him all my distress while my spirit faints within me. But you, O Lord, know my path. You know, and that, that psalm continues. Let, let my prayer rise before you like incense; the raising of my hands, like an evening oblation. Right. So our lives, just like incense at mass, ri- our prayers rise to God through intercessory prayer. Our prayers also rise to God, as you talked about in the book of Revelation. You know, our prayers rise to God, and God accepts those prayers through His Son Jesus Christ as a sacrifice acceptable to Him, and uh, and returns those graces so that people can come to deeper love of Him. So intercessory prayer is
0: very powerful. I really enjoyed uh, the discussion. And I think we're equipped with the knowledge, the tools. I think it's time to start praying for each other. I'll definitely be praying for you, Deacon, and your ministry and the great work that you're doing. Uh, You're always in my prayers and will continue to be in my prayers. Thank you, George. You're in mine as well, as always. Excellent. Thank you very much for tuning into the Catholic Toolbox. If you want to download the podcast, go to any podcast platform, type in The Catholic Toolbox, that is The Catholic Toolbox, press subscribe, and also don't forget to follow us, thecatholictoolboxshow.com, that is thecatholictoolboxshow.com, subscribe to the weekly newsletter, and until next week, I'm your host and founder, George Manassa. God bless, take care, and take action.